Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. This episode of Hey Amarillo is supported by the Texas Route 66 Festival, a 10-day event starting June 1st, leading up to the centennial of historic Route 66 in the year 2026. Now, among this year's highlights of the festival are three days of bus tours, June 7th, 8th, and 9th. On June 7th, the tours will head east from Amarillo to Groom, Jericho, McLean, and Shamrock, taking in the Route 66 culture and history along the way. Then on June 8th, our tours head west to Vega, Adrian, and Glen Rio, and uh, participants will view the landmarks and the cultural gems of Route 66. And then the next day on June 9th, the tour group explores Amarillo and Canyon destinations, including Bill's Backyard Classics, the Jack Sizemore RV Museum, the AQHA Hall of Fame and Museum, and the Big Texan. All of these tours are going to be fantastic. To purchase tickets for any of these all-day tours, head to visitamarello.com for details and make sure the Texas Route 66 Festival is on your calendar. And as part of this podcast partnership with Brick and Elm Magazine, I want to give a podcast shout out to Nothing Bunt Cakes online at nothingbuntcakes.com. To Arlette J. Back Counseling online at ajback.com and to Design 101 Interiors online at Design10, that's T E N, the number one.com. Read the latest issue of Brick and Elm at brickandelm.com. So last week was the 300th episode of this podcast, and uh, I celebrated it with a live interview with Ginger Nelson who has now left office after six years as Amarillo's mayor. The new mayor, Cole Stanley, was sworn in last week. And I celebrated my 300-episode milestone with a live interview with Ginger, and as I've done in the past with milestone episodes, I included an element at the end of the interview in which Ginger, as my guest, could ask questions of me. So she brought me four, well, really deep questions, and after some prodding from People who attended, I've decided to release these answers as their own episode. So like last week, there's a slightly different format. There's no eight straight. The audio sounds a little bit different because we were recording it live uh, with an audience. Uh, But here's former Mayor Ginger Nelson interviewing me about Amarillo on May 5th, 2023 at the live show. Consider it a reflection on uh, 300 episodes of the podcast. One of the things that I have tried to do because I am on this side of the microphone while talking to my guests, um, I try not to be the kind of host who interjects his own opinion a lot. Some podcast hosts do that. I I don't want to do that. And so at certain milestone episodes, I've allowed someone else to ask me questions. Um, And so this is the self-indulgent part of the show where I allow my guests to ask me questions. So the real podcast is over. I don't even know if this part is going to be released, but you're here for it, so congratulations. Um, I asked Ginger if she had any questions of me, if she would feel comfortable asking them. And so I wanna hand the show over to you, uh, and then I won't do this again till like number 500. So. <laughs> he said, uh, uh, do you think you would like to ask me some questions? And I said, yes, I do. 
because uh, inquiring minds want to know. So I do have a few questions. And my first one is that you are a storyteller and you have allowed people to hear the stories of so many Amarilloans. I'm curious about what you would tell somebody who doesn't live in Amarillo. What is Amarillo's story right now? And if you fast forward 20 years, does it have a happy ending? That's a good question. <laughs> um, Should we go back to drag shows? Yeah. <laughs> I think the story in Amarillo is very similar to the story that's playing out across the United States. And I, I do believe that the tribalism of the national political scene has found its way to Amarillo. And I think that we, what's happening now is a reflection of that. It's, it's a reflection of um, particular personalities who are elevated and who have made it work politically and have created a climate in which fear is very powerful, misinformation is very powerful, Anger is very powerful, and by powerful, I mean it's big and it's noticeable, and people see it and they respond to it. I don't know that it's as powerful as hope or optimism, but it's driving the bus right now. And I was hopeful that what was happening nationally would not make its way to Amarillo. Um, I, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast or not. I had the idea to start this show in early 2017 because of the national election. And because I was, I was so bothered by what had happened, by who had gotten elected, not because he was a Republican, but because he was, he was a jerk. And I didn't want that person to represent us, and I thought, why have we done this? Why have we elevated the worst American to the most powerful role in America? And I had like teenagers, you know, at the time, and I was looking at the world that they were going to inherit, and I thought, I don't, I don't know that I can do anything to fix that. And somebody said, you can't impact anything nationally, but you can impact the city you live in. And I think when I, when I heard that, I submitted my name to be on this new public arts board that the city was doing. Um, I thought, okay, I need to get involved more than just the stuff that I'm doing. And that led to me doing this podcast because I wanted to talk about the people that I, I loved here who were good people and tell the good stories about Amarillo because all the bigger stories were really, really bad. Um, at least they made me feel bad about the direction we were headed. So anyway, I didn't want that to be the story in Amarillo and I think it is now. And I don't have a good solution for that other than to point out that something like, I don't know, 47%, 57% of the political power in our nation is held by baby boomers. And this is, this is not to harsh on baby boomers. There are some in this audience. They have all the power. They have all the money. They have a lot of the fear and they have a lot of the anger. And I think as you start to move down the generational ladder, Gen X, millennials, my kids' generation, 
they don't, they're not as driven by fear. And they're not paying attention to a media landscape that knows that fear gets ratings. And so I'm hopeful that I don't know our way around it for the next 10 or 15 years, but I think in 20 years we're gonna make our way out of it. Because every time I talk to college students, like they look at what's happening in the city and just completely roll their eyes. They may be Republicans, they may be going to your church, but they hear about drag show protests and they're just like, oh, what are these people talking about? And that makes me hopeful that our younger generations are going to um, are going to lead us in 20 years. And I think that's good. Now, the problem is they don't have the money yet. We'll figure that out. Um, and so that's just, that's just the progress of life. I, I feel like it's a national story. I think it's a local story. I mean, if you look at all the people supporting all the arts organizations on all the boards, they're all 60 years old or above. And that's nothing against those of you who are 60 years old. I got added to a board a couple of years ago to bring youthful enthusiasm to the board. <laughs> they told me that, and I said, I am 50 years old. I'm going to be 50 years old. I'm not 50 yet. I'm within a year. And so that's the reality we live in. I, I think a lot of it is generational. I think a lot of it is political, and I think we will find our way out of that. I'm hopeful that we will. But that's the story of what's happening in Amarillo, mm. is fear is driving the bus. And I, I, I hope that the next few years serve as a little bit of a pressure release valve. And we discover that maybe this bus has not gone where we thought it was going to, so let's let somebody else navigate for us. Mm -hmm. Somebody younger. Mm. That's my hope. Mm. <laughs> Y'all don't have to clap after every. No, I love I it. it. Okay, you're a storyteller. You're also an influencer. And, um, You've created many platforms, more than one, for people to tell their stories and share influence on issues locally. But if you had a magic, let me just say, if you had a magic media wand and you could put a, a message in front of every single resident in Amarillo, what message would you pick? Um... Okay, bear with me. One thing that I think of, and this is something I heard uh, Elton Bradley say a couple weeks ago. He, he founded the Northside Toy Drive. He was being inducted in the Paladero High School Hall of Fame. Um, you were there. I was there. It was right after. I the, saw you. It was right after that city council meeting. I know. I escaped city hall and mm -hmm. made it to that. Elton said, and I believe he was quoting Jack Nicholson, he said, you can be a product of your environment you can be influenced by your environment, or you can influence your environment. And that's, that's something I think about a lot, that often we, we act like we're helpless. And well, I grew up in this nothing town, or I grew up in this town where there's nothing to do, or I, I can't do anything because I live here, not realizing that we have a lot of influence at the local level. You do, as a politician, I do just as a business owner, as a guy with a podcast, everybody here does because they are citizens who care. And so we can, we can complain about the things that are wrong with Amarillo and let that impact who we are, or we can say, I, 
I have something to add to this community, and so I'm going to try to influence my neighborhood, my office, my workplace, my men's group, whatever. But we don't have to, we don't have to become influenced by our city. We can influence our city itself. So that, that's the first thing I think of. Um, thank you, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> the second thing I think of is, is parenting. One of the intentional decisions I made when I had kids was that I wanted to be a dad who, when they asked me to do something, I said, yes. Dad, can you go jump on the trampoline with me? Yes. It's 100 degrees outside, but yes, let's do it. Dad, can you color with me? <laughs> sure. You know, I love cats. Let's color some cats. I wanted to be a parent who said yes to my kids when they were three or four, and they asked me to do ridiculous daddy things when they were teenagers, and they said, hey, could we go visit this place, or could we do this one thing on vacation? I want to say yes to my kids. I feel like kids who grow up in an environment of yes are going to, they're going to learn things, they're going to be challenged, they're going to fail, because we said yes to something we should not have said yes to. <laughs> they're going to make mistakes and they're going to learn from those mistakes. If I just say no to everything as a dad, they're not going to get in any trouble. Nobody's going to break their arm on the trampoline. But they're going to miss out on a lot of experiences, a lot of growth, a lot of failure, a lot of things to celebrate, a lot of memories because I said yes as a dad. So this is where the metaphor gets bad because nobody's the dad of the city or the mom of the city. But it troubles me to have a leaders of a city who say, want to say no all the time because that will protect us from some mistakes. That will protect us from some failures. That will keep us from being sued by people. But we're not going to grow. We're not going to have good experiences. We're not going to learn. We're not going to become better educated. We're not going to reach more people. Um, so if I could give a message to the city, like, let's say yes to stuff, because why, why not? Who wants to be the parent who says no to their kids all the time? The kids don't like that parent. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I want my kids to like this city. You know, they're not going to live here forever. I'm not going to live here forever. If they move away, I want them to come back. And if I move away, I want to be happy to come back. But we don't want to come back to a place where everybody's just saying no to everything. Um, and so that's my message is I'll wave my magic wand and it's yes to Amarillo. And you can put that on a oh, sign no, a or sticker. something. I love that. That's awesome. OK, I have two more questions. Um, you're an entrepreneur. You've launched a couple of different businesses in the last six years. And, um, you know, every, every business owner can tell you that everything that's worth doing is on the other side of hard. Like, it doesn't just get handed to you on a platter. So I'm curious about what you would say to other entrepreneurs and other business owners in our city. What's been the most difficult thing about starting those businesses? I, I don't think I have an answer that's, that's surprising to anybody. Um, I don't have enough time. 
to run multiple businesses. I don't think anybody does. I don't think that's ever a good idea. Um, for some reason, I'm doing it. Um, it helps to have a really great partner, Thank Michelle, Michelle McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are things that I can control. Like, I'm good at a lot of things, and so those things that I can do, I, I try to do and I try to control because I can make them good. And so if I'm making a podcast, I can control who my guest is, I can control how it sounds, I can control the questions I ask, I can guide a conversation if I want to, and then I release it, and then who knows what happens? People might listen to it, people might not, people might never find it, it might go out into a black hole and nobody ever knows or says anything. I can go through the whole process like Michelle and I did, create a magazine, come up with a name, find advertisers, design the thing, start a business, do all those different things, create a product, and then put it on a shelf at United. Will somebody buy it? I don't know. Like, that's totally out of my control. And the stuff I can't control, like, that's, that's the hardest thing for me. Because you can, you can create something that you love and that you feel is good work and that you think is beneficial to a city. And then, like, you just have to trust the people who might consume that product. Uh, and that trust, I think, has been hard for me. Um, it's, it's been fulfilling because people have consumed the product. Uh, people buy the magazines, people listen to this podcast. I'm grateful for that. Um, but I, I think it's more about me being sort of a control freak and, and reaching the limit of what I can control. And then I just rely on people to to appreciate something, and that's the hardest thing for me. And I think it's the same for anybody in business. You know, you, you make a, a widget. It can be a great widget, but is somebody going to buy it? You don't know. Hopefully so. The other element of that is that the products I'm making are all tied to this city. And so that, that makes some of the struggles happening in the city something I feel really personally, because that's my beat, you know, if you make a magazine about Amarillo, and Amarillo goes up in flames, like, <laughs> what, what do you do with that magazine, you know? Um, and so that, that lack of control is, is something, it doesn't keep me up at night, but it, it's something that, that bothers me, and that's a, that's a very personal thing, I feel like, but it's real. Every business owner relates to the fact that you can never eliminate all the uncertainty in your business model or in a decision that you've made, um, at some point you close your eyes and jump. And uh, bankers don't like to hear that, so if there are any bankers in the room, just close your ears, but I, I relate as a business owner. Uncertainty is challenging. This episode of Hey Amarillo is supported by SKP Creative. We live in an online world and online reviews have the ability to make or break your business. Reviews powered by SKP Creative is the fastest and easiest way to get great reviews from your loyal customers on the platforms of your choice. There's no complicated setup, no expensive training, just a simple, intuitive interface created with small business owners in mind. Visit reviews.skpcreative.com to start generating more reviews for your business today. That's reviews.skpcreative.com. All right, last one. This one's really easy. So you're a storyteller, you're an influencer, you're an entrepreneur, 
and I think most people who've had really even just one conversation with you know you're, you're a thoughtful thinker, you're a ponderer. And so I just wanted to end on a high note. What is the purpose of life? <laughs> what kind of podcast is that? <laughs> um, do you do you think there is a purpose? Let's talk to about life? drag shows. For <laughs> you have talked about faith a lot. Um, I'm a student of religion, um, student of Christianity, a student of, of other world religions. That's the last book I wrote was about world religions. Um, and so I, I feel like you've covered the faith components of what is the purpose of life. And so I'm going I'm to let you have that part. I'm going to talk about it outside that scenario, um, realizing that not everybody in this room probably shares that faith perspective, maybe a majority do. But during this period between birth and death, like, I feel like our purpose is what we make it. And you talked about that, you know, when, when talking about the decisions that you had made. Um, purpose changes. It's not the same from year to year. It's not the same from generation to generation. Your purpose post-mayor is going to be different than it has been the past six years. I think my purpose now is different from it was from what it was five or six years ago. I think all of us, I think all of us have a purpose, but I think all of us had to find out what that purpose is and, and lean into it. And it's gonna look different for everybody. And I'll give an example. Um, the first year after launching Brick and Elm, my dad got cancer, brain cancer. And he didn't survive that year. And so there was a period of time from about September to December of 2021 where my purpose was not to make a podcast. I kept doing it. My purpose was not to make a magazine, although I kept doing it. Like, my purpose was to take care of my dad, my mom. And that's not, that's not a purpose that, sheesh, I don't cry on these episodes. <laughs> that's, that's not a purpose I anticipated five years ago. Um, and my purpose in five years from now is going to be different from all of this, I'm sure. And so I think if we go through life thinking, I have a purpose and I need to figure out what that is so that I can be fulfilled, like that's wrong. It's great to seek it, but like it's going to change from month to month, from year to year, from decade to decade. And so if you find it and figure out what it is, like lean into it and do that thing and do that thing well, but don't feel like you're locked into any one thing. Uh, I, I think from a, a religious perspective, and I grew up thinking God has a plan for me, and I worried that what if I don't figure that out and I'm doing the wrong plan with my life? And when I became the, the parent of teenagers trying to figure out what they're going to do, I, was, I figured out, like I decided... I don't want to teach my kids that there is a plan and you gotta find that path. Like your path is your path. It's whatever you figure out it's going to be. And when you figure out that you're on the right path and what that destination is, like run down that path, do that thing, do it really well. 
Um, but don't feel like you accidentally got on the, right, the, the wrong path and you're going to end up in some weird place that's outside of God's will or outside of my purpose or any of those things. The most fulfilling thing I've done the past five years was what I did in December of 2021. And I didn't like it, and I didn't anticipate it, and I wish it hadn't happened. But that's the most fulfilling thing that I've done in a long time. Um, and so I, I feel like that's our purpose, is, is to do the things we're good at. Like you said, to do it with love, to serve our community, to love the people that we're around, to love the people we don't know. Um, that's, that's our purpose. And to me, like, that's not hard to find. That's, that's not hard to figure out. So, gee, what a way to end this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ginger. Thanks to all of you who are here. Yes. I really do appreciate it. Are there more drinks in the back? Are you out of anything? All right. Grab something on the way out. It's paid for. That's the other thing I wanted to say. The drinks were provided by Reed Beverage. So uh, I really do appreciate all of you uh, for listening to the show, for coming to an event like this. I know it's about 80 degrees in here. It's hotter on the stage. Thank you for coming. I really am grateful. Bye. 300. And that concludes the episode. Thanks again to Ginger Nelson for participating in the interview. Thanks to my live show sponsors, Amarillo National Bank and Texas Tech Pediatrics. I also want to thank SKP Creative and the Texas Route 66 Festival for sponsoring the show. That festival is coming up in just a couple of weeks. And also Panhandle Plains Historical Museum for being part of every weekly episode of Hey Amarillo. There are a lot of great summer programs planned at the museum in the coming months. One of my favorites is Night at PPHM on June 9th. This is a fun after-hours event that allows you to explore the museum in the dark at night with flashlights. Kids love it. It's really, really cool. You can learn more about Night at PPHM at panhandleplains.org. Thanks again for listening every week. Uh, if you want to hear other episodes where I do the bulk of the talking, um, you could check out my special Father's Day episode from June 20th, 2022, in which my son Owen interviews me about being a dad. Uh, you could listen to my 200th episode from June 7th, 2021, in which my friend Jackie Kingston interviews me. Um, that was an earlier milestone episode. Uh, one thing I'd ask, though, if, if you're a faithful listener, if you like this podcast, uh, consider heading over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review the show. This is a big step that helps other people find it if they don't know about Hey Amarillo already, uh, and I'd appreciate it. Thanks also for listening to this episode. Uh, these kinds of things where somebody asks me questions always feels a little bit self-indulgent, um, so rest assured we will return to regular interviews, regular episodes next week. Hey Amarillo exists on a weekly basis because of listeners like you and the local people who support it financially through patreon.com slash heyamarillo. Hey Amarillo's executive producers include Jason Burke, Katie Linger, Corey Burns, Josh Wood, Wes Reeves, Cindy Graham, and Barbara and Jim Witten. This has been episode 301. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>